today we're talking with Andrea Sager about three ways to legally protect your business. Andrea teaches small business owners how they can legally protect and grow their business. She is the founder of and CEO of Legalpreneur. She is the author of Legalpreneur, the business owner's guide to legally protecting your business, and it's coming out this January. Becoming an entrepreneur can be overwhelming. Luckily, thanks to Andrea, the legal side of things can be simplified. I'm excited to get into this one, guys. Let's get to it. Hey, photographer mamas. Welcome to the Capture the Chaos podcast. My name is Brittany Renee. I'm a family and newborn photographer and your future photography BFF and cheerleader. I've learned and implemented strategies that have doubled my photography clients and have given me time freedom to do the things I love. I am ready to share it all with you. Do you wish you could book more newborn and family clients? Do you wish you knew how to find more time to do all the things for your business and still live your best life? Are you looking for that secret sauce to level up your sessions? Right now, your business probably looks like confetti on the floor after a birthday session. A bit of a mess. Your life is busy, chaotic, and it is filled with joy. If you're ready to build a business that fits into that wonderful life, you're in the right place. Throw in a load of laundry, pour yourself some coffee or a glass of wine, I'm not judging, and edit some photos. Let's get ready to grow, mama. Andrea, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. So I am a serial entrepreneur. I started my first business in law school. Not that I wasn't busy enough or anything, but I was (laughs) poor and I need to make money. And so I started selling on Poshmark, which led to my own clothing boutique. And I had a brick and mortar store and then I manufactured. And then in law school, I got the dream job, the big law firm job. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. I was on the 38th floor of the tallest building. I could watch a Cincinnati Reds game from my office, which I'm a huge baseball fan. So it was really cool for me. But I was absolutely miserable. Like I I remember the first week I was there just hit me all of a sudden. I was sitting in my office. All these old white men in three-piece suits were walking by and it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, these men have been here since they were my age and I cannot sit in this seat for the next 40 years of my life. And so just as quickly as I started, I was already planning my exit. However, I had an eight month old and my husband at the time was staying home with our son. And so I wasn't the main breadwinner. I was the only breadwinner. And so I just didn't know how to get out. And luckily, I always say luckily, I manifested getting fired because they ha- I'm like five minorities rolled into one. And so I knew they had to offer me a severance package. Wow. And- <laughs> I held on just long enough for them to fire me. I got the severance package. We moved from Cincinnati to Houston, which is where my family is. And so that was a Friday where they walked into my office and immediately I knew what was happening. It took everything in me not to look excited. And I'd like to, like, I couldn't even like bring tears down. I was just like, okay. Oh, darn. <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> exactly. And then that night I, cause I had, so from that first business with the clothing boutique, I knew a ton of business owners and they were the ones that were always coming to me at the firm asking for help, but they couldn't afford the rates. And so I kept telling them like, Hey, I'll be out on my own soon. And finally that night I posted in some groups and I was like, Hey, I'm officially on my own now. Launched my firm that night. I had my first client and that was four and a half years ago. And I've just had the pleasure of working with tons of small business owners, helping them legally protect and grow their business. 
That's and like we were talking about kind of before we hopped on the call like I am in a lot of photography groups and I see a lot of horror stories and so <laughs> it's just really great to have someone who who feels like is on our side um, and have access to it because it, it is scary because like oh my gosh I have to get a lawyer like what am mm-hmm. I gonna that's yeah. that's too expensive I'm a small business owner but um I love your story and I love how your business was born because I feel like that's really relatable because a lot of times it's like we think we're going to do one thing and they're like oh mm-hmm. oh this is not what I thought I wanted yeah and the thing is it's not like a lot of business owners have those thoughts of oh legal is scary it's intimidating it's expensive but it's actually only those things when you put it off on the back burner and then an issue happens My mission in life is to educate as many business owners as possible to realize, look, if you just put a little bit of work up front, pay a little bit of money, set all these things up, that's going to take you a long way in business. And yes, you do have to spend money up front. You're not going to see an immediate ROI as maybe investing in a sales coach or marketing, but it is going to take you a long way as far as protection. It's going to save you money and it can actually bring you an entirely new revenue stream that you had no idea about. So these are all the things that I'm passionate about teaching because small business owners, they they just don't know about it. And most people are never going to know about it unless they go and pay 500 an hour to an attorney. But for me, it's like, this is my mission in life. It is to educate small business owners. Um, one slightly, it's not necessarily legal, but, um, I got some bad tax advice whenever I was first starting out, I learned that lesson the hard way. Um, but yeah, now I'm really glad that I have it all kind of in order and I'm less scared to get audited. I feel still kind of scared to get audited. I don't know. Just cause you know, you never know. It's just a headache. Like it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, Oh, like really? I have to, even if I, I know I did nothing wrong, like everything yeah. is buttoned up. Like, ugh, it's, it's just... like whenever a cop passes you going down the street and you're like, mm, even though yeah. you know you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> That's me every single time. I'm like, yes. oh my God, my oh my God. My <laughs> We're good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So as photographers, what would you suggest be like, we're starting our business. Okay. We get our sole proprietor or LLC, or unless you want to touch on that, what's the yeah. first thing we do? Yes. So really there's three things that every small business needs. Now that's not the only things you need, but there are the same three things that every single business needs. And then you'll have some different needs. Now, number one is your entity. This is how you are legally operating your business. A lot of people do operate as a sole proprietor. And I will tell you that's not illegal to do, but it is risky. And my job is to lower your risk level in business because you want to be an LLC as soon as possible. If you go to an accountant, if you go to a bookkeeper, a lot of times they are going to tell you, hey, you need to wait until you're making X number of dollars in order to file the LLC. The reason they tell you that is because they correlate the two or they correlate the LLC also with filing the S-corp making the S-Corp election. But the LLC, this is liability protection. It stands for limited liability company. And so you are being protected as an individual from the debts of your company. The S-Corp is a tax filing status. So the LLC protects you personally. The S-Corp lowers your tax liability. So the ideal situation for a small business is to be an LLC taxed as an S-Corp. Now, For the LLC, if you're thinking, oh, well, I don't have any assets. I don't have anything that can come after personally or my business. There's nothing in the business. 
the goal is to have those things. The goal <laughs> is to have assets. And so even if you don't have anything right now, eventually you want to have these things. So the, the reason why you want it as soon as possible is because let's say today is day one in business and you heard, oh, let me wait until I'm making X number of dollars to file the LLC. And then day two, I don't know, you blow up on TikTok. And so day three, you're making millions of dollars per year, or even just $100,000 a year. You hit that threshold and you're like, okay, let me go file that LLC. Well, let's say a year from then, you actually get sued or you get the cease and desist letter. And you're like, okay, well, this sucks, but guess what? I'm an LLC. So at least personally, I am protected. But guess what? If it is for something that happened on day one or day two, any time before the LLC was filed, you do not get that LLC protection. And so you want to be the LLC as soon as possible because you never know what's going to happen in business. And it's, it really is. It's just this little bit of protection that can take you so far in business. All right. Getting my LLC January one. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've never really known the reason I was like, well, I mean, I don't, it's, not complicated to file my taxes as sole mm-hmm. proprietor. We, you know, like some just like, oh, well, okay there, but and, I get it. And that's the thing. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to complicate my taxes. I don't want to do this. When you when you're a sole proprietor, you're filing a Schedule C on your taxes. When you are an LLC, if you're a single member LLC, you're still filing as a filing that Schedule C on your taxes. There's no difference tax wise until you make that S-Corp election. And there are more benefits that come along with having the LLC. And besides the liability protection, you're just, you're treated more as a business. Okay. That's really good to know. Um, It just seems like a lot of work, but I know like it's one of those things I really just need to bite the bullet and just do it Um, because it's not as hard as I think it is. I, I know that it's just, I don't like to read yeah. Well, okay. So, and this is another thing that I tell people, there's th- really three levels to getting this legal stuff done. The cheapest, most cost-effective way is DIY, doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. But this is probably why a lot of you have put it off because you're like, oh, I don't want to have to take the time <laughs> to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read this. What if I do it wrong? And so you just end up down this self-sabotage, self-sabotaging hole and it leads you into inaction, which is fine. I've, I've been there myself. So (laughs) that is the cheapest option. And that in that realm, you only have to pay your state filing fees. This varies by state. Every state does have a filing fee though. The next option is working with a third party, such as legalpreneur. This is, so if you Google like LLC filing, what's going to come up as legal zoom ink file and they're going to have it. Basically, we're all third parties that can help you with these filings. We will file it for you. And but it, there's no attorney client relationship. So for legalpreneur, we charge 250 plus your state filing fees. We file it for you, get your EIN number and we get you your operating agreement. Any of those documents that you need to legally operate your business. Then the next option is working directly with an attorney. I've seen this be anywhere from, you know, 800 plus your filing fees on up. So it really just depends on um, what attorney you're working with, with for those fees. But that's like your hierarchy of getting all this stuff done. You can DIY, work with a third party or work with an attorney. Okay. And did we mention, I know you, you kind of introduced yourself, but did you mention that you own Legalpreneur? Or did I, um, you know what? I don't know if I did mention that. So, 
<laughs> I started my law firm and I was working with business owners and I what I realized was hey I want to reach even more people and because I grew my firm so quickly I constantly had attorneys reaching out to me to help them coach them mentor them and I didn't have the capacity now we have legalpreneur. So legalpreneur is essentially a legal resource. We can do legal filings. And then we have our legalpreneur membership, which provides small businesses with all access to their own attorneys. So we also connect clients to attorneys and with, for the attorneys, we provide them resources as well. So I get the best of both worlds. That's, that's, that's awesome. Is legalpreneur kind of like a legal Zoom? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I've worked with, I've used legal Zoom for things before, so... So yes, similar to LegalZoom, I like to tell people we're trying to do a better service than mm -hmm. LegalZoom. I've, as an attorney, I've made a lot of money from mistakes that LegalZoom made. And so we're trying to do a better job at the actual servicing. And then also, because our Legalpreneur membership, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing special as far as like, it's not a novel idea. There's plenty of legal memberships out there, but a lot of them are like, hey, you have a free phone call every time there's a new issue. So unlimited phone calls when there's a new issue. However, we don't want there to be issues. And right. so we put an emphasis on the proactive protection. We want to make sure you're set up the right way from the beginning. That's really the main difference with our membership. So get an L or go to Legalpreneur, have you guys help us get an LLC? Mm -hmm. And then what happens? <laughs> and then the next step is making sure you're using contracts. As a photographer, always, always, always use a written contract. This is going to ensure that you keep the money that you earn. Because making money does not mean that you're actually keeping it. You don't want to give refunds, chargebacks. There's, all, there's so many things that can come up. But written contracts, I know it's... It, for a lot of people, it's scary. And overall, for the legal stuff, I think what's most scary is you'll try to go to Google, you know, the trusted Google resource. And a lot of times you walk away more confused than when you went into that Google rabbit hole. And so that's my mission is to just lay it on to you straight, answer all the questions and tell you the one, two, three, this is how you get it done. So contracts always use a written agreement. Even as a new business owner, I actually don't believe that you need to use custom contracts. As a small business, you probably don't know exactly what you need in your contracts anyway. So starting with a contract template, it's perfect just to get started. As you get more experience in business, then you'll know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to change in your contracts. And I tell people, start with templates and then you'll graduate to a custom contract to change, make those changes in your agreements. So use the, get those templates. We have them at the legalpreneur.com. We sell them in different contract bundles and we have a photography bundle. So everything that you need for your business is the, right there in a contract bundle. What if, okay. So what if I'm in that in-between moment, right? Like I have a contract template, but I'm not quite ready for a custom contract, but I'm running into issues, right? Like in that little gray mm -hmm. area, can I add stuff to my contract or is that a no? You can absolutely add things in there yourself. Yes. Okay. The, uh, you just need to make sure that you're adding the correct things in there. I have had, and this is not to insult anybody's intelligence at all, but I have had business owners come to me and they're like, oh, I would just want to have you check over my contracts and this is what's in there. Da, da, da. I'm like, honey, 
the complete opposite is what's in your contract. So I've, I've seen that happen before and I'm not saying that happens all the time. You just want to make sure that you're very clear on what is in the contract. Yeah. I would totally believe that because I, I, again, I'm in all those stinking groups that are, have horror stories in them. And I've just seen people like, oh, it didn't have the right verbiage. And so Mm -hmm. um, I had to refund them or whatever. Like exactly calling your deposits versus calling it a retainer fee yes like that just like those little things but yeah and with deposit versus retainer both are interchangeable it is how you personally describe it in your contract Mm -hmm. because some states do have the actual definition like hey this is what a retainer is this is what a deposit is but you to avoid any question, just need to make sure it is clearly spelled out in your contracts. Hey, this money that you're giving me now, this is a non-refundable deposit. This means you are holding your place to reserve this date. You will not get a refund if you decide to change photographers within you know a certain amount of time. I just you can make that whatever number you want. I tell people, like if people ask me, like, well, what do you think as far as like giving a refund for this deposit? If it's like a year out and you're not normally fully booked a year out, then I would say it's okay because chances are you can still find somebody to fill that spot. Mm -hmm. However, you can also tell people, look, the moment you give me this money, you're never getting it back no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I say, (laughs) but then also I like to avoid headaches and be nice to people. Like if they um, cancel their session two months out, I'm like, okay, you can have your money back or you can save it. Um, but in my contract, it says that it's non-refundable yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. I love, I do love contracts. I feel like even they do protect you, but also they kind of give your clients like a, um, what to expect if they read it, yes. if they read it. Yes. Um, they, they know, they know just what to expect from you. And it looks a little bit more professional. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Then what's next? We have contracts. We have an LLC. What's up? Now your intellectual property as a photographer, this is your most valuable asset hands down, because the moment you take that photo, you now have a copyright trademarks are your branding. So your brand name, your logo, your slogan, a product name, a service name, anything that has a unique name within your business, it can probably be protected with a trademark. On the other hand, we have copyrights and this is your creative work. This is your content. So your videos photos, your blog posts, your website copy, your long form captions. So every time you snap that photo, you automatically have copyright protection. That is not the case with trademarks. You do have to have a registration. However, with copyrights, you do automatically have protection. And I think the biggest thing with photographers, especially newer photographers, is they don't truly understand the value of the intellectual property. And a lot of clients don't understand this either because they think, oh, I'm paying this photographer for my photos. I own these photos, but that's actually not the case. The photographer owns the photos. You're just giving, the photographer is giving a license to the client to use the photos in the manner that they say that they can use them. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the photographer owns it. This is why the paparazzi sue celebrities all the time. The celebrity wants to post the photo on social media and the paparazzi's like, Hey, that's my copyright. I own that photo. You have to pay me for it because this is copyright infringement. How does does that work whenever it's a photo of themselves though? Like how, 
because I, I understand that we own those photos and I know that they're just getting rights to use them. But how does that work when it's a photo of themselves? You know, like it's, this is my face. Like you can't take my face. The copyright office, the copyright laws specifically state that the creator of the copyright owns the copyright. So for photography, the creator is the photographer. However, Uh there are, I know there are celebrities trying to fight this saying, look, there wouldn't actually be this same creative work if I wasn't posing, if I wasn't in this photo. Yeah. So that's the argument they're making, which I I actually agree with that because the whole point of copyrights is to protect creative expression. Mm -hmm. That photographer wouldn't be able to creatively express themselves in that photograph if that celebrity was not posed, if they were not there for that picture. So right. it it is a fine line, especially with paparazzi. However, with normal like wedding photography, brand photography, you as the photographer still own that photo. Mm-hmm. The client can pay extra to own that photo, but you need to make sure you're charging accordingly for it. What would you say is accordingly? Well, so I've I've heard this from. Uh, especially for wedding photographers, if they work with high net worth individuals or celebrities, they don't want the photographer going around sharing their portfolio, showing, sharing those photos. Totally understandable. However, as a photographer, like that is your portfolio, like that is your work. Right. And so you want to make sure you're charging. Honestly, normally I, tra- I would tell them to charge two, three or four times the normal rate, because mm-hmm. let's say that you, you shot a really famous photo. Let's mm-hmm. say that you shot, I don't know, some famous photo and somebody wanted to own that photo. And so they, they, you transfer the rights to them. And maybe this was before you even knew that it was so big. The photo yeah. was going to be as big as it is. And so you just transfer the rights to them. And now you want to come back and say, oh, I took this photo. Like I own this. And they're like, no, you actually transfer the rights to us. And you have no say in how this can be used, where it can be used. You cannot monetize this at all. Yeah. Because you gave those rights away. Yikes. Um. Oh, I know. I remembered a, um, an example. Okay. So let's say you did a styled shoot, right? Yeah. And the decorator comes in and she like sets up the whole installation. And then you take a photo of that and then she is i have actually heard this story so she um, (laughs) is demanding you give her those photos for free even though that wasn't like Mm -hmm. agreed upon or something like that because that was her work but this is your work so that's slightly off top of what we're talking about but it is a very curious just like gray area yeah no i i get that a hundred percent so the (laughs) stylist are you saying the stylist for the clothing or just like of the props flowers and props and like okay like for a wedding you know what i mean yeah let's talk about the wedding the flowers so and remember copyrights and by the way i love talking copyrights and all the nuances so (laughs) i i love this right now copyrights are about protecting the creative expression Right. So for the florist who is setting up these photos or setting up the flowers in their manner, how they decorate it, how they put it together, that is their creative expression, mm-hmm. how they're setting up these arrangements. The photographer, their creative expression is the angle, the right. lighting. It is so many other ways of a creative expression. The florist could have arranged them in a completely different way. The florist could have taken their own photos and that would have been their copyright. So they Uh, don't, they aren't entitled to my images that I took of their flowers. That's really good to know. 
No. And some people will say, I always call people out on this because they're like, Oh, don't one of my friends, he does not like to be photographed. And anytime we're in public, we go out somewhere, like I'll snap pictures. He's like, that's illegal. You can't take my picture. And I'm like, actually we're (laughs) in a public place. You have no right to privacy. And I can take as many pictures as I want. And I can actually post them wherever I want. Like I respect his privacy and everything, but I just love to spill that out there. Because if people ever tell you, hey, you don't have the right to take my photo. If you're in a public place, there's no right to privacy. You can take whatever photo you want. I mean, I would not, obviously, like the up the skirt stuff. Like that's a whole thing. That's yucky. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen those issues. But for the most part, if you're in public, you have no right to privacy. So anybody can take your photo. This is getting into another issue as far as like right to privacy, but then like monetizing the um monetizing a celebrity in a different route like that's different Mm -hmm. so if you um put a celebrity on a t-shirt that's different there's a lot of nuances but for the most part taking photos like at a wedding especially you can do whatever you want with those photos and you don't have to give them to anyone except for the bride who paid for them right so you (laughs) right so she she's paying for a license to use those photos Mm -hmm. the florist for example, oh, yeah. unless she pays you for those photos, you don't have to give them to her. And the venue and all that. Exactly. I, mean, I do. Whenever I, I do sit think, situations like that, I do give them just because I don't. Right. But that's, a that's lot of my people, right, you know. Yeah. A lot of people do. And of course, you want to ask them to give credit, but also make sure that you know, like, even if they give you credit and you didn't initially give them permission to use the photos, that's still copyright infringement, Mm -hmm. even if they give you credit. And one thing that I want to make sure I mention is additional revenue streams when it comes to photos. So this doesn't work that well with weddings, but if you work with brands, you do brand photo shoots, work with personal brands, do lifestyle shoots, you can actually limit the time period that they can use those photos. Mm -hmm. And this came up for a lot of photographers during COVID or some of the photographers I worked with, they made money because they were going to these people and saying, Hey, your license is now expired to use these photos. I see you're still using them on social media or your website. If you would like to continue using them, here's the fee for an additional license. So you can limit the license on those photos. I, it doesn't typically work that well with weddings and things like that, like yeah. family shoots, yeah. yeah. but for commercial purposes, mm-hmm. this is a great way to bring in additional revenue because you can limit the license and they have, cause they want to continue advertising using these photos. And so why not make more money at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for, for corporate and business type yeah photo shoots and stuff like that definitely that would be really mean to do for a family session yeah. you, you can't have those photos on your facebook anymore yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Not <laughs> yeah um okay so copyright you don't have to file anything for copyright we just automatically own copyright okay you automatically have federal copyright protection however you cannot sue for copyright infringement unless you have federal a federal copyright registration and if you have the registration before somebody infringes, then you're eligible for statutory damages. Okay. So where where do you go to get copyright registration? You okay. submit the application yeah. at copyright.gov. Copyright.gov. Okay. And then trademark is for like your business name or? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. So your business name, your logo, a slogan, uh, anything that has a unique identifier to your business, typically names, that's protected with a trademark. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, what about my name? Oh, so like my name, even yes. though my business is my name, I probably need to copyright that so no one else can swoop in and be like, well, that's yes. my name now. <laughs> and like, yes. Oh. And this actually, I've seen this come up a number of times with photographers because a lot of them do operate with their legal name. And I tell people, look, just because you have a legal name, it actually doesn't mean you're legal to conduct business with that name. So you, even if it's your legal name, you want to make sure you have a trademark on that name. That's really good to know. Um, there was that story, uh, what was it like two years ago where that girl couldn't use, she like built a business and then she partnered with some other really big corporation and then they took her name and she can't use her name anymore. Her name. Her oh, name. I haven't heard of that particular story, but I hear it a lot, especially yeah. with fashion designers, uh, Calvin Klein, Kate Spade, like all of those names are protected with a trademark. Oh, Gucci. Gucci. I watched yep. that movie the other day. They yeah. can't, <laughs> they, they don't have anything to do with their name anymore. I was like, that's gotta be weird to see your whole mm-hmm. like family legacy and be like that's my name but I don't got none of that money (laughs) exactly and people don't because I get the pushback so many times like oh I just operate with my legal name I don't need to do anything I'm like no that's actually all the more reason why you need to protect it yeah I mean fortunately for me my name is like pretty unique so I don't think anyone's just gonna rant like the way I spell it is going to randomly pop up and be like, that's mine now. But I mean, it could happen. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. So trademark infringement isn't just when it's the same exact name. It's when there's anything similar enough to where consumers are likely to be confused. So even with similar names, I, so uh, many times I get clients that have got a cease and desist letter and they're like, well, I just don't think it's accurate because they have a different spelling. I added this or took away this. I'm like, actually, it is still infringement because it is so similar. All right. Adding another thing for my January to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was there anything else, any other steps that we have to do like to keep us protected as business owners or photographers? So those are the three that every business needs. So getting your LLC, using written contracts, protecting your intellectual property. Those are the three that every business needs. And then every individual business probably has some individual needs in there as well. So it just, it's a case by case basis from there. Okay. Well, how, where can we either, oh, I was going to ask, do you guys have a a Facebook group for like community type thing? Or is that only for whenever you become a member or Yes. So our Facebook group or our monthly calls are for Legalpreneur members. Mm -hmm. We have our legal protection playbook. So my book is coming out at the end of January. It's Legalpreneur, the business owner's guide to legally protecting your business. We have a ton of free information already out there. I have a podcast, TikTok, Instagram. The book is literally compiling everything in one place. And then we have our legal protection playbook, which is a great place for business owners to get started learning more about the legal protection that they need and the specifics that they need. And with the playbook, it does come with a monthly call. It comes with one, basically it's a Q&A call. You can, the best way that it works is you sign up for the playbook, watch the videos, go through everything there. And then you come to the call and get your specific questions answered. That's really cool. I like that. Um, What else, what other avenues can we work with you? Or there is there anything else that you wanted to share for people to connect? Yeah. I mean, we can file your LLC for you. We, uh, we have our contract bundles. We also have the trademark course, basically everything that you need. You can go the DIY route with us, or you can get it all done for you with our legal premier membership. 
Okay, that sounds really awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode or any questions you might have. Drop me a DM on Instagram at Brittany Renee underscore photo. And if you haven't already, be sure to join the free Facebook group. That's bit.ly slash capture the chaos FB. And lastly, it would help me out so much if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help boost ratings so I can reach other photographers who need a friend in the community just like you. Again, thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.